Had it not been, we'd still be under the law and we'd be still, or still be saying, this is a hard saying. <laughs> this is hard to do. But thank God for grace. How many of you would rather be living under the law? Mm. Not me, I guess, because I'd come under the title of priest and go in that holy of holies and things wasn't right. They'd be dragging you out by the foot and have rope. Had it not been for a place called Calvary. Ponder on that for just a minute. You know, I shared with you before, many years ago when I first started preaching, one of the first sermons that I knew God gave me was the entire Bible in five two-worded statements. He comes. This is the Old, Old Testament. Many miracles in there, the parting of the Red Sea, the Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, and all of the great miracles that we know that transpired and took place over there in the Old Testament. But the central theme and the thought of the Old Testament is He comes. The four Gospels all talk about the virgin birth, but they spend more time vividly depicting He dies. The book of Acts speaks of He lives. The epistles, he saves. In the book of Revelations, he reigns. He who? Everywhere you look from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, if you don't see Jesus, you've missed the message. Now there are many other great messages in the greatest book ever written. But the theme, the focus... The star of the show, the main character, is Jesus. And guess what? Unlike Rocky, there won't be a two. No need for it. He's Alpha and Omega. He's the first and the last. When he said, it's finished... That means there doesn't need to be a PS or an addendum or another chapter written. Everything that was necessary was done. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm about to get ahead of myself. If you're going to get baptized tonight, you need to get out of here and go change clothes. I'll be with you in just a minute. Those of you that are going to be baptized, if you would, go ahead and make your way in there and change your clothes. They're going to have people in there that will uh, watch over your items that you're going to leave there. and Man, I'm excited about this. Can we give them a hand? Praise God. Praise God. I have a short message I'd like to read with you for you tonight. It's out of Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. I'm going to begin reading in verse 26. Now tonight I'm reading out of the New King James Version. So if your word's just a little bit different than... Probably because of the translation that you're reading tonight. Because I'm going to read word for word what's in mine. I'm not going to add to it nor take away, okay? Acts 8, 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. 
So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and to sit with him. Verse 32. And the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before his shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the, the, the eunuch answered Philip and he said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and he began at this scripture and preached Jesus to him. I want to reread 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, he preached Jesus unto him. Not theology, not doctrine, not dogma, not denomination, not politics, but Jesus. Now as they went down the road, they came near some water and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to be stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way, rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities until he came to Caesarea. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. This and this alone qualifies a person to be baptized. When we have embraced the work of Jesus on Calvary, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord, and we've opened our heart and bowed our knee and we've cried out unto Jesus to forgive me and to save me. He does. You don't have to catch him in a good mood. You don't have to be good enough. It doesn't have to be any certain way other than in honesty. And the really good thing is the Lord knows the thought and intent of our heart. Folks, why do we make it so hard? Why do we complicate things? Why do we want to argue? And why do we want to Well, why do we want to? Jesus, the Son of God, left his deity and put on humanity, came to planet Earth, 
was tempted and tried in all ways as you and I, yet he remained without sin. Sinless. So that when the time to go to the cross came, his blood was pure and pristine and worthy to take the place of in the Old Testament where the sacrificial lambs and doves and there were five animals that were deemed worthy of sacrifice back then. But Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. Don't get confused. He was not an afterthought. While God did not create man to sin, while he did not create man to fail, in his omnipotence, in his all-knowingness, looking down the corridors of time, in his greatest creation, mankind, created in the image of God, would the ability to reason and to think and to choose. He knew that man and woman was going to drop the ball, was going to sin. And so he didn't have to back up and say, my bad, what do we do now? He already had a plan in place. That before the foundations of the world, before the world was spoken into existence, before man was created, God had established that Jesus, the Lamb of God, would come and die and shed the blood to redeem sinful man back to holy God. So that we could be in right standing, in right relationship with Him. Not just so that heaven can be our home. Duke and I were talking about that today. About why do we want to be saved? And most people say, because I want to go to heaven. How many of you want to go to heaven? The rest of you lying. <laughs> I do want to go to heaven. And that is the ultimate goal is that we spend eternity in heaven. Why? Not because heaven's such a grand and glorious praise. Although it is, eyes not seen nor ear heard, neither is entered into the heart of the man. Those things the Lord had prepared for them that love him. It's great. But we, we need to be there and we want to long to be there. Why? Because he's there. If you love him and want to spend time with him and want to be in his presence, you got to go to heaven when it's all over with. Because he ain't going to be in hell. He's already went there once. And he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave away from Satan. See, when man sinned in the garden, he forfeited his authority on the earth. The devil became the prince of the earth. Let's not forget who the devil is, was. He's a fallen angel. He was the worship leader in heaven. But he began to have pride. The, the original sin was not in the garden. The original sin was in heaven when 
Lucifer thought of himself as God. Pride came in. And therein set him up for the fall. That's why scripture said that pride goeth forth before a fall. The day you begin to think that you're all of that, you better be very careful. Because you're setting yourself up for frustration, humiliation, depression, defeat. Because outside of Christ, outside of Jesus, you are no match for the devil. I got news for you. You're no match even for yourself. Self is tough. Self is strong. Self is powerful. That's why your will, that's why your will, don't miss this. Your will is the most powerful thing that you ever have. You see, if you're not careful by your will or by your traditions of men, you can make the Word of God of no effect in your life. You see, when God's really wanting to show up and show out in your life, your circumstances, your homes, your businesses, your marriages, and He's wanting to do something incredible, you can say, nope, I don't need that. When He's knocking on the door of your heart, did you know that Scripture says that no man comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him? You don't just get saved when you want to. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God convicts us, draws us, beckons us, loves on us, enlightens us, opens our eyes, encourages us, but is constantly trying to draw us into the ark of safety, and that's in Jesus Christ. But we can say no! And God will respect your will. God will not, and nor does He want you to be a robot. He could have created us that. I'm about to get myself in trouble right here. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. Don't raise your hand, okay? But how many of you believe that the Lord always gets His way? You know, you hear people say, well, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. If it ain't, it won't. How many of you really believe that God always gets His way? He don't. That's why I said don't raise your hand. And I'm going to prove it to you scripturally. Jesus says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul so prospers. We cling to the part of prospering and being in health, but we fail to remember that it's contingent upon our spirit man growing. Our spirit man ingesting the word of God. Let me go further than that. Scripture does say, I would, meaning my will is, that none should perish. See, God didn't make us 
out of a cookie cutter, cookie cutter saying this one will go to hell, this one to hell, this one to hell, this I'll save this one. No, this one to hell, this one to hell. No, sir. Your will, your choice, when the Spirit knocks on the door of your heart to come, is what leads you to salvation. Now, it's through Christ, crucified and risen from the dead. It's through faith in that He's the Son of God that loved you enough and proved it by validating it with His death. But it's your will to surrender or to reject. Now when Philip crawled up in that chariot and he began to preach Jesus to him. I don't really know exactly what all he said. I know he expounded on the verses that we just read. But stop and think. He probably said something along these lines that Jesus, He's the light of the world. Tells us in John 3.16 that He's the epitome of God's love. He's the way, the truth, and the light. He's the Savior, for there's no other name given among men whereby we must. It doesn't say, I used to misquote that. I used to say there's no other scripture, no other name given among men whereby we can be saved. We can be. But Scripture says there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Every other name will fail you. Every other name will let you down. He's the healer. Jesus is the deliverer. Jesus is the peace that surpasses our understanding. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Even when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, remember this. Spirit of God descended in the form of a dove and as he walks away, John says, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus is Lord of lords, kings of kings. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the bright and morning star. He's the prince of peace. Above him there's no other. And let me add this. He's our soon and coming king. Soon to return to take his children from this place. And let me tell you something. You think it's tough now? When the spirit of God that resides in the Christian is taken from the earth. All hell is going to break loose on this earth. Are you ready? Do you know him? If the trump of God should sound and the Lord should return tonight, would you go up or would you be left? Is heaven going to be your eternal home or is hell going to be your eternal home? Have you taken care of the necessary business yet or have you been delaying, putting off to some other time? Perhaps you're here and you've never been given the opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and to embrace and receive the gift of eternal life that comes by way of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord. Not how much money you give, how many sermons you preach, how many songs you sing, not how pretty you are, how ugly you are, not how politically correct you are. It's do you know Jesus? Plain and simple. Would you bow your heads? If you're here tonight and you say, Dennis, 
I'm really not ready to meet him if he were to come or if he were to call me home or if I were to check out of here some other way. But tonight I'd like to, I feel that Holy Spirit knocking on the door of my heart and tugging at my heart and I need to tend to business. I want to ask him to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me. I want to surrender my life to him tonight. I want to receive that gift of eternal life. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? Anyone, anywhere, right quick. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? Very quickly. Thank you, sir. This is your moment. This is your time. You see, the Word of God tells us for every man to examine himself and to see if he be of the faith. You know if you're right with God or not. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just simply here to tell you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He loves you. Matters not what you've done, where you've been. What matters is what are you going to do tonight? If you experience and feel that Holy Spirit tugging at your heart, anyone else that would join these six or seven that have said, hey, that's me. I'm going to ask again. If you say, that's me, Dennis. Would you just slip up your hand, slip it right back down. Anyone, anywhere. Thank you, ma'am. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Dennis, I'm, I'm what you'd call a prodigal son or daughter. I, I once walked with God, but I had a better plan, I thought. And I've been out wasting my time and my money on righteous living. And I know that's it in a way. And I want to come back to my Heavenly Father tonight and make a new commitment to Him. If that's you, could I see your hand? Anyone? I'm going to pray for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Anyone else? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If you're under the sound of my voice tonight, it's as simple as I put a while ago. Jesus said that if we believe, or the Word says that if Jesus, we believe Jesus is the Son of God that died in our place, but He didn't stay dead. He arose from death, walked out of a grave, He's alive today, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. If we believe that in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, then we're saved. So let's pray. My prayers can't save you. My words cannot save you. You must ask with your mouth and believe in your heart so that you can receive in your spirit, man that gift of life. So, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come to you tonight in need of you. I do believe you're God's Son that loved me enough to die for me. But I also believe that you rose from the dead and that you're alive today and you're coming back to get us one day. So I ask you now to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me with your blood, to come into my life and to be my Savior and my Lord. Teach me how I should live. Form in me the convictions of do's and don'ts that I need to live by so that I can bring glory to your name and have pleasure and joy in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
and amen. God bless you. I would encourage you with this. If you raised your hand tonight for salvation, it's important that you follow up with baptism. We're about to do that in just a few moments for people that have not long ago been giving their life to Jesus Christ. And tonight publicly in front of you, they're coming to be baptized. And you need to follow up with baptism, whether it's here or somewhere else. But you need to, it's important that you tell somebody what you've done tonight. And start off the way that you should. And finish strong. So I'm going to slip out and get them come around. I think Kelly's going to sing a song, looks like. And I'll be right back. God bless.